Welcome to the Cut It Straight Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Whitley. Cut It Straight is a podcast helping you pursue excellence in your preaching and ministry. In this episode, we're going to look at the lost art of personal communications. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Cut It Straight Podcast, Episode 7. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Whitley. In today's episode, I want to look at one of the most neglected topics in ministry training, and that is the lost art of personal communications. Colossians 4 and 6 says, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Ecclesiastes 12 and 10 says, The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. Now the King James Version says, The preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even words of truth. To be a man of God or a minister of God is to be able to do many things. Our aim of the Cut It Straight podcast is to pursue excellence in our preaching and ministry. But this lesson, I feel, is an important discipline that will bring excellence in your ministry, and that is personal communications. While we are communicating in the pulpit while we preach and teach, that is the least amount of communicating that we will do as God's men. Pulpit ministry constitutes very little of what we do. While that may be one of the most important aspects, and unfortunately how we measure success in ministry, it takes up very little of what we do week in and week out. I would dare say that the most preaching that you will do will not be in the pulpit. It will be in the midst of personal relationships and interpersonal communications. So in today's episode, I want to look at the lost art of personal communications. I feel this is a neglected topic in ministry training. We talk a lot on this podcast about prayer and preparation and study and rightly dividing the Word of God, and we're in the midst of a series on how to prepare sermons, and we focus on young ministers, uh, but I feel like this lesson is for all ministers. I believe longevity in ministry and sustained excellence in ministry is connected to how we speak and communicate to others beyond the pulpit, though our communication in the pulpit is just as important. So I want to look at four things in this episode, the lost art of personal communications. I want to look at the preacher and his pulpit, the preacher and his peers, the preacher and his family, And finally, the preacher and his people. So let's begin with the preacher and his pulpit. Since we are preachers as men of God, this is the most important task of what we do is to preach and teach. We are communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ. Keep in mind that we serve a speaking God who created all things by his word and redeemed the world by becoming the Word made flesh. Christ is the embodiment 
of the Word of God. Luke 4 and 22 says this about Jesus. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. Now remember, the people who heard Christ teach and preach were astonished that he was one who taught with authority. But Luke 4 and 22 says they were also astounded and marveled at the gracious words that he said or how he said it. As preachers, as men of God, we are merchants of words. Our message is based on the word of God. Let's keep in mind that we are to preach the word. That's what Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4 and 2, preach the word. The word of God is the sword of the spirit and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. So while the word of God is a sword, we must be careful how we handle the word. We can wound and hurt or we can be as precise as surgeons. Ecclesiastes 12 and 10 said, as we read earlier, the preacher sought acceptable words. Choose the best words when you're in the pulpit. Choose acceptable words. Do not use the pulpit to be vulgar and profane. We're not to use the pulpit as a stage for our comedy act. But we are to preach the word. And the pulpit is not a place to declare your personal opinions and preferences. The word of God is to be the well from which we draw from, to declare to our listeners and hearers. Many have been hurt by preachers who have chosen the wrong words. We can kill or we can make alive. Proverbs 18.31 says, Life and death is in the power of the tongue. You can bring people to life or you can wound and kill. That's not to say that the word of God will not offend. Remember, it's foolishness to those who do not believe. Now listen, I wish I could go back and unsay a lot of things I've said from the pulpit over the years. I've miscommunicated and I've chose the wrong words. I've had to put my foot in my mouth and even apologize for several things. If you will choose to simply preach the word and choose acceptable words, then you won't have to make the same mistakes that I've made. James 3, 1 through 2 says this, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Now look at verse 2. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. We all stumble in many ways. What a relief to know that the Apostle James knew what it was like to stumble in what he said. We're going to stumble in what we say. But it's important now to learn to choose acceptable words. When you're in the pulpit, be slow to speak. Choose the words you're about to say carefully. Let me say this as well. When you are preaching in somebody else's pulpit or another church, you're a guest minister, whether it's a conference uh, another service, a special service, a camp meeting, whatever it might be. 
Be sure that you give honor where honor is due. Romans 12 and 10 says this, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. We are to show honor to those who labor in the Word of God. This is what 1 Timothy 5.17 says, Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. When you take somebody else's pulpit for an, uh, a certain time, you've been asked to come to preach or to minister, be sure to take time to honor those who labor in the Word of God in that church or in that assembly or in that organization. Write those things out. I try to uh, make note of who is in the audience if I'm a guest minister, and I try to call their names and their position. I want to honor them. I'm trying to let them know that I honor their church, their organization, uh, whatever it is that they've put together, they've planned, honor them. Outdo one another in showing honor. Don't just get up and begin preaching, but honor those. Take times. Honor the assembly. Honor the saints of God. Uh, you, you will find that uh, you will have a lot better acceptance where you're preaching if you'll take time to honor those who labor in the Word of God. Now, I want to talk about the tone zone. Bishop Billy McCool, the founder of First Apostolic Church here in Knoxville, uh, who is also my bishop, and uh, fortunately he is also my grandfather-in-law, he has influenced my understanding on speech and how to communicate as a minister. Uh, several times in our church he has taught on the tone zone. This means not just choosing the correct words, but choosing the correct tone. Our tone can drown out our correct words. We can unsay a lot of good words by choosing the wrong tone. I know of many who have good things to say, they just have an awful way of saying it. Before you say it out loud, say it in your head. Let your words, as Paul says in Colossians, let your words be seasoned with salt. Now, salt can sting when rubbed into a new wound but it can also add much flavor to bland foods. The same is true with words. How you say it can add greater effect if you will carefully choose the right tone. How you say it is just as important as the words you use to say. Baptize your speech with the correct tone. You'll catch more flies with honey than you will with vinegar. So make sure you choose acceptable words, but also choose the acceptable tone. Now, I want to look at the preacher and his peers. We're talking about the lost art of personal communications. As preachers and as young preachers and young ministers, this is very important. You aren't going to simply be measured by how well you speak in the pulpit, but how you speak to others perhaps to other preachers. As young ministers, ego can be deadly. You want to have success and you want to have the right opportunities. But I've seen young ministers devour one another due to jealousy and envy. 
You will never have your light shine brighter by trying to put someone else's light out. Be supportive of other young ministers. Don't tear others down and attempt to build yourself up. Speech that doesn't build up tears down. Don't be the person who comes up to another preacher and tell them how you would have preached it better. Don't tell them how that they could have improved on their sermon. Don't tell them what they left out in their sermon. Don't be that guy. Instead, build up. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Chances are, if you can't say anything nice, then perhaps it's not the other preacher or their sermon, but perhaps your own heart. So when you're speaking to your peers, other young ministers, other preachers, be sure you're uplifting. Be kind to one another. A lot of times I remember as an evangelist, I would sit with the pastor that I was preaching for or other preachers that were there. And it was important how I conducted myself around them. Honor them. Put them before yourself. Don't be argumentative. You can disagree without being disagreeable. And you can also disagree without being a jerk. Be kind. If somebody says something that you don't uh, necessarily agree with, that doesn't mean you have to uh, set up a debate table and start uh, arguing with one another. Sometimes you just need to let things go. If somebody says something incorrectly, that's not your place to correct them. Even if they missay something or misspeak or uh, just be kind. Learn to, 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 to hold your tongue in certain situations. You, we don't always need to correct people. Yes, we're preachers and we're correcting sin as preachers in the pulpit and winning souls, but there are times in interpersonal communications you just need to be nice. Be kind. Show love and favor to other people. Don't put the pastor's church down. Man, I wish they would have got with me tonight. Don't, don't say those types of things. Instead say, man, you have a revival church. What great people you have here. What a wonderful, beautiful building you have. Thank you. Listen, as an evangelist uh, and as a guest minister uh, for, for many years, there are times when you need to be kind in certain and difficult and uncomfortable situations. Always be grateful. Be thankful. Always look on the bright side of things. Always make sure that you're not being the one who's uh, carrying gossip from church to church, talking bad, talking bad about the last church you were at. I can't believe they did this there. And you know what they did to me there. Don't be like that because you'll get a reputation as a young minister, as an evangelist, as a guest minister, as one who's always carrying tales from church to church. Don't, don't do that. Be kind. Speak highly of one another. Outdo one another in showing honor. Next, let's look at the preacher and his family. The pulpit, the church, the conference, the camp, the Sunday school classroom, or the small group. 
will not be the most influential place for your ministry. You will have the most spiritual influence in your home with your family. Some believe that if you have the correct public persona, that you can neglect your home life. How do you speak to your wife? How do you speak to your children? How do you talk when you're at home and there isn't a pulpit? How do you communicate within the confines of your home? How do you speak to your mother and your father? Do you honor them? Or do you only give honor to preachers and pastors? Well, Scripture says you are to honor your parents. Matthew 19 and 19, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You're to honor your wife, preacher. 1 Peter 3, 7, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Man of God, you are to honor your children. Colossians 3.21, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Another translation says, Fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. How do you speak in your home? Or 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 are you only preparing for the pulpit in public ministry? Make sure that you're working on how you speak to your wife, to your children. If you're single, how do you speak to your mother, your father, your siblings, your aunts, your uncles? I heard one time uh, there was a lady that I worked with. She had Pentecost background, and she hadn't been in church for a long time, but she had an uncle who was a Pentecostal preacher, and uh, she was uh, at a family reunion and her uncle the preacher was late for the family reunion and he finally got there late and she asked him did you get lost and he said i'm apostolic i'm never lost well she took offense to that and that's not how you should speak to your loved ones that's not how you should speak to your family learn to be gracious in your speak even in your home first timothy 3 4 and 5 says Speaking of overseers, he must manage his own household well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? Meaning, if you can't care for your home, if you can't love and be gracious in your home, how are you going to love and be gracious in God's church? Next, I want to look at the preacher and his people. The majority of your ministry is going to be outside of the pulpit. There are counseling sessions, there are meetings, there are extemporaneous encounters, and you're going to have to be ready. I've had the blessing of working under and alongside men of God who are unbelievably gifted in communicating with people. I've worked with Pastor Tim Gill in Medora, Indiana, Pastor John Voskis in Pottscamp, Mississippi, and Bishop Steve Wilson there in Pottscamp. And every day I serve alongside Bishop Billy McCool and Pastor Mark McCool. I know that they're family, but they're still the men of God in my life. God knew I needed all the help I could get. But these men are wise counselors. They are men of the people. 
Bishop McCool and Pastor McCool make everyone feel like a million dollars, and they do it with genuineness. I've seen all these men that I've named operate in supernatural wisdom. However, the most important lesson that that they've taught me is to love people. John 13, 35 says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Listen, people know when you're being fake. People can spot fake kindness and fake genuineness a mile away. There's nothing wrong in shaking hands and kissing babies. Just don't do it to get ahead. You're not doing that to win votes. Shake hands and kiss babies because you love people. Treat people like you want to be treated. Talk to people like you want to be talked to. I recommend that you read, I recommend that everybody reads, Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. This was one of the most influential books when I began ministry. I can still recall several of those chapters in lessons. Because you need to learn how to talk to people. Learn how to communicate to people. How to correspond with people in a conversation. And this is a lost art in our tech-driven society. We'd rather text than talk on the phone. Uh, We'd rather send pictures than actually even text anymore. We're, we're, we're in a society that face-to-face communication is, getting, is becoming lost. And so we need a refresher course on how to communicate with people one-on-one and in groups. Learn how to put others first. Learn how to listen. Nothing drives me more crazy than when uh, somebody is talking to me and I know as while I'm speaking in their mind, they're just, they're, just, they're just trying to find the next thing to say. Don't be like that kind of person. Be genuine when you listen. Wait to respond. Don't be thinking up your response while somebody is speaking. Wait, listen. Sometimes people just want somebody to listen. Be kind. Be cordial. Serve people in your communications. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be haughty, but associate with the lowly. That's what Paul says in Romans 12. We are to love people. Ministry is not just pulpit ministry. It's interpersonal communications. As new creatures in Christ, we must have new speech. We have redeemed hearts, but also let us have redeemed mouths. The speech of the new man must be seasoned with salt. It is not only to be gracious, but also to have an effect. We can influence people. We can lead people to Christ by what we say and how we say it. Believers must know how to respond to each person. Not every person can be talked to the same way. But everybody can be talked to with kindness and love. Serve people, not just in the pulpit. Serve your family with how you speak to them. Serve your church by how you speak to them. 
Serve other churches by how you honor and serve those who are there and who are listening. Serve other young preachers. Love them. Encourage them. Be supportive of them. Because your speech has the power to make alive or to kill. Let our speech, brethren, be gracious and seasoned as it were with salt so that you may know how you should respond to each person. Thanks for tuning in to the Cut It Straight podcast. For more information, go to my website, mswhitley.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Android. Follow me on Twitter at NSWhitley. And be sure to go to Facebook and like my page, NSWhitley.